This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Liverpool Blood Red podcast. I'm your host, Connor Dunn, and I'm joined by three wonderful journalists today. On my far right, sitting as far away from me as possible, is Ian Doyle. Ian, how are you? I'm okay, and I'm sat as far away from you as possible, and we both know why. Because I'm as chipper as ever. Indeed, yeah. <laughs> Don't want it rubbing off on me. To the left of Ian is Jay Rimmer. Jay, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, sat too close to Doyle for my liking, but it'll do. I haven't got the coronavirus, you know what I mean? Things we have to live You've with. have got the Doyle virus, though, haven't you? <laughs> Which is worse. <laughs> <laughs> you can't recover from that. <laughs> no, exactly. We're all suffering. And to my right is Matt Addison. Matt, how are you? Very good, thank you. And yourself? I am very well. Thank you very much for asking. Unlike the first two rude gentlemen. Sorry, I'm just concerned with Doyle virus. <laughs> exactly. so I also, I also know how you are because yeah. I asked you when I came in earlier. So. Fair enough. Anyway, Liverpool lost 3-0 to Watford on Saturday at Vicarage Road. Doyle, you were there. Mm. Um, firstly, what did you make of it? I thought Liverpool were terrible. I thought it was the worst they played in a very long time. I thought Watford played quite well. Watford had a good game plan, which basically involved pressing Liverpool high, running around, knocking them over and scoring some goals, which is normally quite good uh, when you come up against a team that... Liverpool team that looked leggy, looked as though... It's hard to really explain, for anybody who hasn't seen it, what happened. Because the first half, Liverpool did OK. You know, Watford didn't really... had one chance just before half-time, but you'd hardly say that they were on top. But I think Liverpool have just found it... A little bit. I wouldn't say easy in the first half. They just they were knocking it around, but they weren't really going anywhere. But they weren't under any threat. But by all accounts, Klopp had a word with them at half time and said, "Look, we need to do better at X, Y, and Z." They came out the start of the second half, looked a bit brighter, certainly going forward. But then they just completely, you know, unlike Liverpool, like this Liverpool team, just self-destructed with three goals. What was it in eighteen minutes? I mean. You could argue from Watford's point of view that all three goals were very well taken, but from Liverpool's point of view, all three goals were terrible defensively. And there wasn't, with the possible exception of Alisson Becker, there wasn't a single player out there who was anywhere near the level. The defence, you know, I'm sure we'll come on to Dejan Lovren in a bit, but Virgil van Dijk in the second half was massively preoccupied. I wonder whether that was, you know, look, you look for reasons why he should have such a poor game. You could argue, oh, he had a new partner with Lovren, but he's played with him loads of times. You could argue that it was just the whole team didn't play well, but... Did the fact that he accidentally injured Delafay was that playing on his mind in the second half? Or was it, as many people have pointed out, was he just fixing his hair a bit too often? I don't know, he just seemed... It wasn't him, he, he was a bit, bit preoccupied, but it wasn't just the defence. The midfield was just nowhere really, and that meant that the forward line was just you know, scavenging for themselves. And as we've seen in the past, you know, you're going to be the best forwards in the world, but if you haven't got the ball, you're not going to be able to do anything with it. And even the subs, when they came on, you know, they, with the exception of Adam Lallana, he made a bit of a difference. You know, Divock Origi didn't do anything. It was a big ask for, for Minamino to, to, to come minutes, on. Yeah, in eight yeah. minutes, yeah, when you're 3-0 down. So from start to finish, I mean, you could tell from the first minute, Watford were well up for it, the crowd were up for it. Liverpool weren't, and I mentioned something in my stuff after the game that you wonder whether this was a question of desire because Watford were 19th in the table and as we well, anybody who saw them play at Anfield back in December, they actually played quite well and they didn't play too dissimilar on, uh, on Saturday. It's just that... Liverpool couldn't raise their level and, and Liverpool were punished, but Watford needed to win. Liverpool 22 points clear. The reality is they didn't need to win. And you do wonder whether that's something that might come into play over certain games towards the end of the season, especially if Liverpool have already won the league because there's bound, it's inevitable there's, there's going to be some drop-off. And you know, a, lot, a lot of people are making out, you know, ooh, you know, Liverpool have lost the first game in, was it, 40, what was it 44 game unbeaten yeah, run? You know, they're not going to be invincibles. Klopp, to his, you know, to be fair to him, he always said, "Not bothered, not, never been bothered about this. I'd rather just 
win the league and see what happens in terms of any any records that come that way. So he wasn't particularly fussed with that, but he was very fussed at how poorly they played. You know, he said directly after the game, he said I wasn't very, didn't go in and was you know lost my rag with them. That wasn't that, but I'm sure he'll have said. I'm not angry. I'm disappointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's, he's he will have said some things, and I'm sure some players would have had certain things said to them. But you know, I don't think anybody could individually be blamed for it because they were all pretty terrible and that's you know it was a shock in that sense but anybody who watched the game wouldn't be surprised by the scoreline at all yeah fair enough I mean we'll drill down into the real details of the game and performances and everything else in a moment Matt but once the dust had settled and you kind of got over losing and hear me out here a little part of me was glad that they lost and it sounds mental because you're never glad when you lose but it got rid of this Invincibles tag. It might have a silver lining if Liverpool are still in the FA Cup and Champions League and the Premier League's wrapped up. They could throw more at it. Are you in disagreement with that? Or are you... I can understand that. Um, I think it was probably similar when Liverpool lost to Atletico Madrid in that there was sort of, you know, there's, there's a second leg to come, obviously, and um, it gives Liverpool an opportunity to sort of reset and refocus, if you like. But I think, to be honest, it, it depends what happens with the two cup competitions because... Okay, if it if it drives Liverpool on and makes them win on Tuesday night, fair enough. If they turn around the Champions League tie again, fair enough. But uh, you know, invincibility as much as it wasn't, it's not the main thing. Liverpool are going to win the league. That's obviously the main priority. But it's uh, it's an opportunity that doesn't particularly come around that often. Obviously, Arsenal are, are the only team who have done it before, and it would have just been an extra little confidence thing for for Liverpool going into next season to be able to go well. Nobody beat us this season, so. Again, you know, it's it's sort of it goes back to that thing that we were saying about Manchester City last season, whereby teams just didn't even bother turning up. Yeah. They just turned up and went, well, we're not going to win. So, you know, they they made life easy. And the worry, I suppose, would be for for Liverpool to go into matches for the rest of this season and going into next season where that isn't the case, and they've just made their life a little bit more difficult. But look, I think only time will tell exactly what the sort of consequences are of, of that unbeaten run being ended but you know I, I'm sort of in the middle to be honest I don't think it's the end of the world but equally it would have been quite nice to, to continue that unbeaten run Can I just say the invincibility thing I found it a frustrating conversation to have in the first place and I, I think there weren't many Liverpool fans who would have been desperate to go go the season unbeaten I, I think as, as someone who's wanted to see Liverpool lift the title practically my entire life I don't care if I still still mean this now. I don't care if it's on goal difference on the final day. It really doesn't matter. The title is the only thing that matters, and it was it was almost getting a bit silly. And I think if you look at the, the Arsenal invincible team, they drew a lot of games towards the end of the season. They were almost just playing to be invincible, and and I think I didn't really wanted to get to that. I, I, I'm not worried that they lost. I don't think that. You talk about defeats as if they're a good thing. I don't think it ever, even if you're looking for a reaction or whatever. I don't think you should ever go out oh, that you know that that's a good thing. But I do find, don't think that many Liverpool fans were bothered about being invincible. I don't think. I think afterwards that the narrative of oh you've lost your invincibility thing that came from outside of Liverpool. No one at Liverpool at the club, Klopp players were talking about staying invincible. The fans weren't really thinking about being invincible. It, it's it's about the title and. As long as they get that wrapped up, I don't care if they have to wait till the last minute, the last game, and the last day. It would be, a, it would still be a title win. I mean, the Arsenal team, the Invincibles, would have probably drawn that game against Watford in the same way that they would have drawn the game against West Ham, and they would have drawn mm. the game at Aston Villa when Liverpool came from behind, because they 
were a team that could play for draws. They didn't always go for the wins. You're right. They they did some towards the end. They were definitely playing yeah. for like let's just not lose. And I don't think this Liverpool team so like Leicester. that. There was, or there was, there was a game, game at Portsmouth. Yeah, and there was a game at Portsmouth where yeah. they got a penalty last minute. I think to to, to get a point. I think. I mean, Is that the one? Um, Perez dived. Yeah, in basically. Yeah, yeah. But going back to something Matt said, I don't think Liverpool have ever had this team has ever had that thing that City have got, where teams turn up and go, "We've got no chance." I don't think that's happened with Liverpool. Liverpool don't play in the same way as City. No, in that no respect, because because that's why they've got as, as you pointed out the other week that they've won so many of the games by one goal. They haven't. They haven't actually battered that many teams, so that's why t- teams always felt they were in a game. And that's what made probably made the fact that they won 26 of the first 27 so remarkable, is the fact that they were able to get through all of those. In the end, you know, I'm sure they were mentally tired by the end. And you, I actually reckon there will be like a weight lifted. They'll go, oh, we've lost now. You know, that's sound. There will be a reaction. I'm not sure whether you can judge it on the Chelsea game because as we'll come on to, I'm pretty sure it'll be a com- not a completely different Liverpool team. It won't be like the Shrewsbury replay team, but I think there'll, be one, smash there'll be one or two changes. Yeah, Bournemouth will be in line for, for something. <laughs> and I think, as, as Joe said, there's nothing, you can never take a positive from defeats, but, you know, every team loses. That's the whole point, you know, and you do get stronger. It's how you react. So Liverpool have given themselves another... Little challenge, haven't they? Because the mm-hmm. first time they've lost a game in since about you know seventeenth century or something like that in the Premier League. But it does work as well with the FA Cup, like you mentioned before, in the Champions League. Now, the idea of going invincible for I don't again I don't think for Liverpool themselves, but I think for the wider for, for the media for for wider fan base was becoming such a thing that it was like, do you rest players in the FA Cup? To, to, look, I, I joke about the FA Cup, but now Liverpool should be looking at those two competitions going. Let's not just win one. Let's yeah, try and Liverpool win one. Liverpool beat Chelsea, yeah. but a massive chance to win the FA Cup. Exactly. Going so. back to that Invincibles team for Arsenal, their biggest game was Chelsea in the Champions League quarter final, and they lost. Mm. They got knocked out. So while everyone says, "Oh, the Invincibles were great," this Liverpool team has already won the European Cup, and they've they've gone into this season and managed what they've done. So I'm calling it now. I think this team's better than the Invincibles. Well, you heard it here. Maybe not first, but you heard it here. Um, Joe, I'll come back to you um, because... I know why. <laughs> Squirming. I know you wanted to speak about Dejan Novran. Another narrative after the game made him a scapegoat for the loss. Um, I don't think, as Doyle's rightly pointed out, any player on the pitch, any outfield player at least, could stand up and say they played well in that game. So the narrative about, oh, it's Lovren's fault, he's been rubbish, he's made everyone nervous, he was this and that, it's just not right, is it? I didn't cover the press conference today, but I had a little look at what Klopp had, had to say. And, you know, I think he quite pointedly said that I've spoken to quite a few people who don't know as much about football as me. Yeah, he said Then he did couch it with this, you know, by saying, I'm a top, highly paid Premier League manager, so I should, exactly. yeah, I should know more about it, football than most it, people. What I get frustrated, you, you win as a team, you lose as a team. And, and all right, you, there are sometimes exceptional circumstances. And, uh, you know, Gerard's slip is something that you can't really sort of plan for and, and carry us perhaps in, in the Champions League final a couple of years ago but Lovren pl- didn't play well on Saturday but then neither did the other 10 players on the pitch alongside him and I find that these narratives that, that emerge on social media where we have to slaughter somebody and it was always going to be Lovren from the no, moment no, he was picked nobody in the inside team. the stadium was having a go yeah, at him but, but uh, exactly and, and this wider Lovren should never play for Liverpool again he's the, he's the fourth third fourth choice centre half he's got to play sometimes of course, he's not as good as Gomez because Gomez is now first choice centre half. Of course, Van Dijk isn't as good alongside him as he is alongside Gomez because he's not the first choice centre half. Of course, Dini targeted Lovren because he's not going to target Van Dijk because you'd be mad. So, so 
He also hates playing against yeah, teams. Exactly what you said before. He, he likes yeah. to smell too much. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, but this idea that Lovren, if you, if you go through the goals as well, you can blame Lovren all you want for perhaps not, you know, unsettling the defence. I, I, I don't, I don't take that Lovren unsettling the defence means that Van Dijk doesn't track a runner for the second, sorry, the third goal, and uh, sorry, the second goal, or that Trent Alexander-Arnold Ar- gives away uh, the ball for the for the third goal. But the first goal was one that a lot of people were saying that's Lovren's fault. Uh, but if you if you look at the way they defend that 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 sequence, so Lovren goes with Dini, who, who does sort of wrestle with him. But Lovren has to go with Dini because if he doesn't go with Dini and Dini picks the ball up, then people will be saying, why didn't he track Dini? Fabinho, who's been very poor since he's come back and and quite often escapes criticism online, he he doesn't go with a he doesn't go with a runner. So that's that's a that's a worse error than Lovren's. And then Van Dijk doesn't pick up his runner. That's a worse error than Lovren's. But they get away with it. And I, and I just I think this idea of always slaughtering one guy it, it's happened. It happened to Lucas Lever. It happened to Henderson. It's it's happened to so many players. Cout used to get it in the neck. Um, and yeah, not every player is as good as Van Dijk. You're never going to get a team full of players who are at the same standard. But City have got Otamendi, he's 50-odd million. He's, he's not particularly as strong as, as other centre-halves. Same for John Stones. You're never going to get players all at the same level. Lovren isn't quite as good. But was he to blame for Saturday? Absolutely not. Is he as bad as some people make out? Absolutely not. The manager of Liverpool Football Club picks him quite often. Do these people think they know more than him? If they do, then then they're absolutely mad. And they need to they need to get their heads checked because... If Klopp picks him, then it's for a reason. He sees him in training. He knows about him. And, um, you know, you can you can throw out all the stats you want. Oh, Liverpool have lost five times of the last however many games and Lovren played in four of them. And probably probably Trent did as well. Probably Robertson did. Probably So so the, are they to the blame as well? You know, you lose as a team. And that's why what makes Liverpool so good is that they, they win as a team and, and Klopp doesn't make it about individuals. He doesn't... You know, when Salah scored four against Watford the other year, he wouldn't have made it about Salah. He'd have made it again about the team. So he, he wouldn't have been going in. If, he, if anyone thinks in Melwood today, he'd have been going Lovren. That was all your fault. They're mad. You know, they, they lost as a team. They, they will all take responsibility for it. And they should all take responsibility for it. And if you're online blaming Lovren, then get a grip. That's all, that's all very well, Joe. But what do you really think? <laughs> I, I just I hate I hate scapegoat and I hate I think good players make other players around them better and they don't pick on people. You know the, the reason why Van Dyke's such a such a great centre half alongside people is he doesn't you don't see him hammering people, do you? You see him jamming people up, you see him talking to people, you see him communicating. And the best players make people alongside them play better. Individuals are always the worst players, but whatever level of football you play, someone who puts their head down and just dribbles with it and cares about themselves is never as good. They'll never, they'll never be as good as the people who make players alongside them better. There might be a couple of That's examples like Cristiano Ronaldo who yeah, disagree, yeah. but apart from that, the general well, rule of thumb, yeah, I completely agree. Um, what I was going to say to you, I mean, fair play and well put. I mean, I couldn't, didn't disagree with a word of it. And I was going to say to you as well, Matt, there are a lot of people again online saying, why didn't Klopp pick Matip over Lovren? I think Klopp's probably aware of Watford's aerial threat. Lovren is better in the air than Matip. I think it's a fair choice. Yeah, I mean, look, Jurgen Klopp knows better than all of us, as, as Joe has said very clearly and, and absolutely correctly. Um, <laughs> you know, I, look, there, there's been so many examples over the time that he's been at the club that, that people have said, oh, why has he done that? Why has he picked him over him or, or whatever? And obviously he's he's made the, the right choice 99 times out of 100. So I think... You, you've got to trust what he does and, yeah, OK. Everyone probably looked at that team sheet and thought, oh, 
Lovren over Matip was a bit of a surprise. But then probably immediately afterwards you think, well, yeah, OK, fine. Klopp's decided to do that. And it's only when you look back at the game and, and go, oh, Liverpool have lost 3-0. There's got to be a reason why. There's got, you know, This hasn't happened too often. And suddenly you're, you're trying to pick out bits and, and players and, and Lovren is the obvious sort of scapegoat because of previous performances and, and things like that. But I mean, I, I actually think Van Dijk was at least as bad as Lovren on the day, possibly even worse. But, you know, we, we've not heard anything on that sort of side. And potentially, you know, Lovren, I think, was probably in the side to get him a little bit of rhythm with one eye on him playing on, on Tuesday night. Uh, so it will be interesting to see the reaction, if indeed that does prove to be the case. Um, sort of what people online will, will say to that, because I'm sure there'll be a few angry reactions. Can yeah. I just add, because I haven't really said much on the matter. Um, <laughs> the, the, the other reason that Lauren does stick out, though, is he's a very proactive defender, isn't he? He goes, you know, I, I think we're massive. On and off the pitch. Yeah, he, well, he is. He's a brash guy, but then he stood and talked. He talked after the game, you know. Many other players, I'm sure Donny will tell you, who's been in many mix zones, mm. will walk past. He stands and talks, and and that takes takes guts, yeah. you know. Like a lot of others will put their head down and, and walk on, and he he stands there and and takes it, and he know, he knows he knows he gets stick, but he's a proactive player on the pitch, so he goes and challenges for things, and and that means that sometimes he he misses those challenges, and and I think whereas Matip is a quieter type of player, doesn't perhaps is not proactive, Lovren puts himself in the firing line, doesn't he? He goes with Dini at that, you know, that, that near post when um, they concede the, fir- the first goal. So I do think you see you see a lot more, don't you? When Lovren makes a mistake, it's because you, you see him going and attacking the ball and perhaps missing it. Whereas other players, Matip, for example, I think you don't, you don't see those mistakes. As, uh, they're not as obvious because perhaps he's not there actually going and attacking the ball or, or doing the things that perhaps he should be doing. Matip, by the way, was not very good in his little... Cameo at the end of the game against West Ham mm. on Monday, which may have yeah, he looked totally made, off, which may have contributed to why he didn't start. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from Dejan Lovren <laughs> and another sort of area you could probably pick out, and I'll ask you just the question, Doily. Oh, the question. What uh, is going yeah, on with Liverpool's I, midfield? I do, by the way. Um, <laughs> the question: uh, Liverpool's midfield. Who would take whose name? I do. Yeah, I like about to get down on one knee. Have I just missed that? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's the 29th of February. Yeah. Well, it was. You missed your chance? Oh, oh never mind. Um, At least an arm woman. <laughs> <laughs> right, midfield. Yeah, anyway, back to football. Um, <laughs> you start with it. What's, what's happening is... Yeah, what's happening? What's happening is that they've always had a bit of a horses for courses approach to midfield. Certainly more so than the other areas of the pitch defence and, and attack. And I think the midfields that you'd wanted, wanted to have played against Watford... Henderson, possibly Milner, were not there. In fact, where were they? They're in the stable. Correct, yeah. <laughs> we preferred this one. Um, so, you had a look, you had Oxley chamberlain who I thought was good in the first half, certainly compared to everybody else. And I know he was quite divisive on social media from when I mentioned he'd done quite well. And there was a lot of people who said he hadn't. But from watching it in the stadium, he was the one who was making the runs. A lot of the other players were static. Fabinho, I don't think he's been very poor since he came back, but he's not been he's, anywhere he's not near quite- as good. He's not quite sharp, is he? No, he's that's not. That's why he gets and, beaten over those. And games. then Wijnaldum had one of those games which he hasn't had for ages where he does a lot of running, does a lot of, you know, he did a lot of defensive work in the first half. But then in the second half, I can't even remember him touching the ball, even though he clearly did. But it shows you that he was ineffective going forward and didn't make much of a contribution defensively. So, I, they missed Henderson, as I say. 
you know, it would have been a game for Cater as well, to be honest. If he'd been fit, I think he would have started possibly instead of Oxlade Chamberlain. I think. Do you think? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think so, because I think he certainly would have come on at some point because they needed someone to, like, at least attempt to pass the ball or bring the other forward three into the game Mm. and do something a little bit different, yeah. And you could argue that the, the three you played were a little bit too, not similar, but they were kind of in a similar situation in terms of the fitness and in terms of the impact that they've had in, in recent games. I think certainly with Fabinho, he's missing Henderson. I think one Allen to a lesser extent is, but then of course when they all, all three of them played against Atletico Madrid, it didn't quite happen then. So it does underline that just because you've got very good midfielders and Liverpool have got five or six very good ones, you can't just put any old three into the team and expect them to do it. It depends on who's, who's in form, who's fit and who they're playing against, because Lalana comes on, and nobody would have said he could have started. He made a big difference in the second half. He brought a bit of energy, he had the shot that hit the post. At least he was looking to, to bring the front three into the game. I think Lalana will play against, I know we'll come up to the team a bit later on, I think Lalana will play against um, Chelsea. I think he might have a chance against Bournemouth as well, to be honest, because you know, at the moment, if any of the midfielders who've started the last three games, you could count Kane to making it four, none of them could, could argue if they don't start the next important game because they're not really in form. The, the other thing is with Fabinho is should Juan Alden play in his place for a little bit? Mm-hmm. I don't know. But then is Fabinho, is he somebody we've seen in the past? He needs games he needs to get games. back. He needs, he needs games. games. Yeah. So he needs stronger midfielders around him or in form. It, just, I mean, it's, it was just an off day all round. But when you look at the way the midfield strolled a little bit against West Ham as well yeah. and they didn't do what they should have done against Atletico Madrid, that's three games in a row now. And, you know, I wouldn't say it's a concern, but it is something that Klopp will be looking at and whether or not he just needs to to mix it up a little bit. As I say, Lallana could be somebody. And then you've got, you know, the likes of Curtis Jones could play against against Chelsea. You know, Minamino, could he go in there? So there's options. It's whether they take the risk on them. Yeah, certainly. You think as well, Jay, you've got Cater missing, you've got Shakiri missing, you've got Henderson missing, you've got Milner missing. All of those players could have realistically done something in that game against Watford. So... Would you necessarily say there's even anything to be concerned about? I think there's there's things to be concerned about in terms of form. You know, like Fabinho, I think, does need games. Mm-hmm. And he is the type of player that he seems to come back and, and he, he needs a couple of games to get him going. Um, so I think there are concerns. Um, but, you know, I, I think, again, some people would have you believe that Liverpool haven't had many injuries this season. But you've just named four players who, who really would have come in handy in the midfield in, in yeah. the last yeah in, in the same area. He's throwing, throwing Gomez. Did you yeah. say Shakiri as well? Because yeah. I know he's been out all season. But that's you know Saturday yeah, was a game, game, game well, worried about just yeah. specifically in that area alone. Yeah. There's four exactly, players. Yeah. So well, someone like Minamino was coming in January, and you know I think he's gotten thrown on in a game there. It's tough for him, isn't it? And perhaps he would have had a bit more time to bed in, and someone like Shakiri could have come on. You know that to not have Milner, to not have those players available, it's going to hit you. It's going to hit you hard. And, and, you know, Liverpool have done so well to get through so many games that they've, they've gotten through without without losing. Um, so, yeah, I mean, tomorrow night we're going to talk about team selection. I know a couple of players will be back, but again, people like Shikiri, Keita, it's it's a blow not having them available. So, yeah. um, I think that's been overlooked. Uh, but I do think there are issues there. I think there's a bit of people aren't quite in form. Um, you know, Oxlade-Chamberlain 
it's a little bit of inconsistent, scores scores goals here and there, but you want to see him put a few performances together where he nails down a place. And both him and Cater have been guilty of that, probably not putting down a few performances where they nail down a place. Uh, Wijnaldum's played well this season, but last couple of games has struggled and, and Fabinho we, we've, we've discussed. So there are issues, but I don't think they're, they're big issues. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. A bit of news coming out of Liverpool Football Club today, Matt. I know you've covered the academy extensively. Neil Critchley has left his post as the under-23s manager and has gone to join Blackpool. He certainly has. Um, a huge move for him and I think the football club as well. Obviously, we've seen the likes of Steven Gerrard work with the academy sides and then move up into to first teams, uh, obviously with Rangers. Um, and yeah, it, it came out of the blue, didn't it? But it was um, you know, a, a bit of a, a shock. Uh, I know Blackpool have, have looked at a couple of different coaches. I think Carl Robinson was was one of those that they looked at, and obviously they've ended up with with Critchley. And yeah, it's it's going to be fascinating to see how he gets on, who Liverpool sort of replace him with, whether Barry Lutus moves up and goes to the 23s, and there's a new under 18s boss, or, or sort of you know how they they go about that. But uh, yeah, Critchley's first game is going to be a derby against Fleetwood, Joey Barton's Fleetwood. So it's uh, certainly yeah. Uh, one to keep an eye on next weekend. But yeah, it's it's just going to be so, so interesting to see how he adapts. Of course, he's never managed at first team level before. He's done a, a superb job since 2013 at Liverpool. But yeah, a, a big challenge lies ahead. And I wonder if uh, next season there might be one or two Liverpool players out on loan at Blackpool. Yeah, certainly. I think Academy Director Alex Inglethorpe summed it up quite nicely. And he said it was a bittersweet day for Liverpool. Mm. It's They were obviously you know gutted to lose an elite coach who I think was hand-picked by the FA to take UEFA's new coaching licence, one of only 12 other managers, which is obviously amazing. Um, but then they were also really excited for him and it just proves how well Liverpool were doing. The fact that League One clubs, mid-table League One clubs, big clubs as well, were looking at bringing in their academy staff to first-team posts. Yeah, I'm gutted. Critch is great. <laughs> I really love him. Yeah, he's one of, one of the nicest men. I've never seen you smile like this ever. Like genuinely, genuinely, oh, one of the yeah, nice, yeah. one of the nicest men. Uh, met in you know in one year of covering football, obviously, because I've only just started in this in this job. That's twenty odd years of doing it. Genuinely, and and he's given Anfield one of its best nights of the entire season with the uh, the game against mm. Shrewsbury, which was just. It was great. It was also hilarious. Let's be honest. You know that the the kids were out there and and, and won that game and. You, you saw his celebrations afterwards where he was giving it loads to the crowd. The yeah, cop, he was absolutely yeah. loving it. And obviously, he wouldn't have known then what was going to be happening in a few weeks. But, you know, he's, he's somebody who hasn't been a manager somewhere. He's had a very limited, I think, and he played a few games for crew before he got injured and, and moved into coaching. So it's made up for him. It'll be, it's a good move for him, to be fair. Blackpool, a decent-sized club. And I know they've been a bit of a basket case of a club in, in recent years, but I think they've settled down a little bit. And I reckon he'll do well. And he's got the rest of the season to bed in, hasn't he? Because they're not going to get relegated. They're not getting promoted. They're in that kind of middle region. But for Liverpool, it's a massive blow. He's somebody who you speak to any of the youngsters, any of the academy players. You only have to look on Twitter now. Yeah. They're all lining up to say, oh, what a great bloke. You know, you've really helped me in my career, this, that and the other. And when they beat Shrewsbury, actually, we, you know, uh, Pedro Chiraveya stopped and Curtis Jones stopped and, and, and Pedro made a point of actually saying, oh, we were made up, for, absolutely made up for Critch because the players mobbed him as well, didn't they, at the yeah. final whistle? So, you know, he was... That shows you how popular it is. That's unusual in football for somebody to be so universally liked and respected at the same time. So I think, you know, hope for him it ends up being a success. But, for, you know, for Liverpool, they've got had some great years from somebody who's helped bring through 
certain players, such as Curtis Jones, and I mentioned, you know, Javier. I know they they, they bought him, but he's helped progress him. And you speak, as I say, you speak to any of the other any of the youngsters. You know, Trent. He's helped Trent through. They they all you know got the greatest of admiration, respect, and I think everybody's going to wish him well. And we we hope that Liverpool draw Blackpool in one of the cup competitions next year. Yeah, it would certainly be nice to see him and in the dugout, wouldn't it? <laughs> in the opposite side, but. Um, Obviously, when he's spoken in a couple of press conferences and stuff, he's come across so, so well. Clearly, you know, he's really astute. You know, he's a lot about football, lovely guy. And Matt asked me this earlier as well in the breaking news bit we did about Critchley on YouTube. Do you think this was ever a decision for him? Do you think there was ever a choice? Or do you think he was always going with that offer? Um, it's a difficult one. I don't, don't know whether he's had... I'm sure he will have had offers before. Um, yeah, I mean, it's... I'm sure he'll have had ambitions to step up into senior management, and it's a good job at a, a club that isn't too far. And yeah, I think it's it's difficult to know, isn't it? I suppose um, he, he, got, he would have got a taste the Aston yeah. Villa game and the Shrewsbury game. Yeah, and he you, know you know what? You know what? This is I, I do like this working with the youngsters, but yeah. this is yeah. where I want to be ultimately. It's a big chance for him, so I, I you know I hope he goes and takes it. I do well, think it's a big blow. Say Pep Linders did, didn't he? Yeah. And he came back. Yeah. So mm. I'm absolutely not wishing any. You know, and anyone well on on Critch, but if it doesn't work, I'm sure he'll get jobs elsewhere because yeah. he's such a highly rated coach. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll stick with you, Joe, and I asked you <laughs> I threw an extra question there because my next one's about Lovren. I don't want you to seem like oh, a Lovren, no, no, Lovren <laughs> correspondent. Yeah. That, that um, wouldn't be a very nice job. <laughs> <laughs> you are now head of his fan club. Yeah, to be fair, yeah. so. I was just going to move on to Jurgen Klopp's press conference. I know we mentioned it, and you mentioned it there about Jurgen Klopp saying he's spoken to people who don't know quite as much about football as he does. Mm. But he launched a pretty impassioned defence of Lovren in his press conference, didn't he? I don't know. I didn't cover it. I did read. I, did, I, I, I read a couple of them before, um, so I, I am going to just pass this over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, Jurgen Klopp, uh, he was sat in front of me, and because uh, I was there, uh, unlike Joe, uh, and yeah, he was very quite impassioned about it. Basically, his point. Basically, just agreeing with everything that Joe said before, more or less. It's <laughs> <laughs> so much to add, isn't it? That's what he said. Fine. He basically said, if there's anybody who thinks that Dejanovan was the reason that Liverpool lost against Watford, then we can't, I cannot help you. Which he has said a few times about other things. That's kind of his phrase. And I th- he, he's right, though, isn't he? he I th- he's obviously supporting the player. He knows, he said, look, he knows he didn't have a good game, but as, as Klopp said, you know, name me one player who did get anywhere near their level, and there was none of them. Yeah. I, I think what's important is, sorry, Matt, for Klopp. He's gonna he's gonna defend Lovren and he's probably gonna sell him in the summer. But he nearly sold him. Last nearly summer, yeah. But but you don't go out, do you, without spending a fair bit of money and buy, and get a defender of Lovren's. And people might might laugh and say that there's better players out there, but you know they don't watch every other club every week, do they? So you don't go out and get players of Lovren's quality and experience for cheap. So so Liverpool will have to probably gamble on a, an older player who's. Perhaps they can they can try and get for cheaper at the end of their career, or they 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 get a younger player and and hope that they that they um they they sort of push on. But it's hard for a younger player to then come in in games and you know with inexperience. So so I think I think Lovren will go in the summer, and I think that this will be he's winding down his Liverpool career. But I think people will be surprised that you know like when Lucas left um, and he was you know at times much derided by the fan base at times and. But when they when he left, we've gone and see he's, he's a good player. He's been good for Lazio, um, you know. And they've missed him at times. They would have missed his experience. So, 
is what it is. Yeah, yeah I, I thought it was interesting, actually, when Klopp was asked about him. I, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm sure you'll tell us, Ian. I don't think he was asked specifically about Lovren. No, he wasn't, but, the, every, but the question, the, the was, question was, was more general. But, but, he, but the, gen, the, yeah. the question was aimed at Lovren without mentioning by name, and Klopp obviously said, look, I know exactly what you're getting at here, kind of thing. So he's, he's not he's not stupid, because obviously the journalist in question, Carl Markham from the Press mm. Association, he didn't want to single out Lovren, but Klopp knew quite well where he was coming from and basically said, look, Lovren's not, he's not, he's not to blame for it. And... Fair enough. I agree with what Joe said. He's not going to be there next season. But, you know, Dejan Lovren's played in the Europa League final, Champions League final, World mm. Cup final, FA Cup semi-final. Admittedly, not a very good shot. And he's going to end up, <laughs> and he's going to end up winning a, a Champions League winner's medal uh, and a Super Cup medal. And he was, was he fit for the Super Cup game? Because he wasn't there for the Club World Cup game. I can't remember. And he's going to win a, a Premier League medal. At and minimum. It, uh, yeah, mm. exactly. And that's, some, that's somebody who's lasted six years at Liverpool under two different, two different managers. One of them who... Played him for eight or nine games earlier this season in the league, and they won every single game. One guy said that I'm only sticking up for him to get interviews, but I can guarantee you, Lovren, I will not be getting any interviews with Dejan Lovren. He won't have heard this, he won't have read what I've said. So, yeah, no interviews. We'll try and make sure that he knows what what you think, though. Yeah, Yeah. thanks. No problem. Well, anyway, (laughs) enough from the Dejan Lovren fan club, (laughs) and I shall move on because Klopp also confirmed that Milner and Gomez would be fit to face Chelsea. Matt, how good is it to get both of those back in for this game? Yeah, of course, as we said, uh, particularly in midfield, I think James Milner's experience is going to be massive and I wouldn't be surprised actually to to see him at left-back to to give Andy Robertson a rest, depending on how many changes and I know we're going to come to the team later. But yeah, just to to get his experience and I think Liverpool did miss Jordan Henderson over the weekend, but certainly they missed James Milner as well. So just that little bit of extra experience, rhythm, you know, he's just one of those players that he can play anywhere, he can do anything and... You know, that can only be a good thing for, for Liverpool's squad depth going forward. Yeah, certainly. There was a little bit of a team news hint from the from the press conference, wasn't there, Doily? Yeah, Harvey Elliott's not playing. Yeah. He's gone because there is a big uh, it's, it's a big week for the academy because not only is Critch gone, they're now the under-19s are playing in the UEFA Youth League are tomorrow at, in Lisbon against Benfica. I think I'd sooner be in Benfica than Stamford Bridge. No matter how good the food is at Stamford Bridge, it's probably going to be a lot warmer in Lisbon. Anyway, um, Harvey Elliott's gone. He's one of several... Uh, players who've, who've gone over there. There's some who've stayed back, like Curtis Jones and, and Nico Williams, who are going to be presumably involved in some way against Chelsea. But yeah, it was interesting. He, Klopp did say that Harvey Elliott had got an injury, uh, picked up an injury in training on Friday. So they had to make an early decision on him. So I think they probably prepared for the Chelsea game with him not playing. And then when he's found out that he's OK, they've gone, right, will you go with the, the youngsters out, out to Portugal? I mean, for him, it'll be a bit of an odd one, really, isn't it? Because he's starting, played every minute of the previous three FA Cup games. And, you know, you've seen what he's like, even at 16 years of age, he's proper into it and he's, he's fully committed as anybody would. And he doesn't look out of place in a, yeah. in, a, in a team like that. But got to bear in mind, he's not 17 till, till April. He, uh, he's got a lot of learning to do. There's no point rushing him. I'm sure we'll see him in the Premier League by the, by the end of the season. But... You know, it's great experience in Europe to be playing, you know, going to these places and playing against teams from different countries. So, for him, and if Curtis Jones, as we know, he's not going to be over there, Javier, it's going to be the big draw and he'll also be the main man for the team. So it'll be interesting to see how he steps up in that regard. Yeah, certainly. I think it's interesting, obviously, as you say there, he's got three years to leave to be Curtis Jones's age, which Mm. is absolutely wild. But... (laughs) Um, a long way to anyway, go to get to my age. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what are you, Just a lifetime or two. <laughs> what are you expecting from Chelsea or what are you expecting at Chelsea tomorrow, Joe? A very tough game. I think 
they're they're going to treat it very seriously. I think Lampard said as much. Um, it's an interesting one. I, th- I kind of think Chelsea's style and their youth will play into Liverpool's hands a bit because if Liverpool do make changes, it will still be an open game. It, and because Chelsea have got a younger side, the likes of Curtis Jones won't be massively hampered by inexperience. So I actually think they're not a bad opponent, especially away from home. But um, I think it'd be very tough. It's touch and go whether they get through. But I think Liverpool have got a better chance, even if they make changes, than perhaps many people think. Do you think the Watford loss is going to affect Klopp's team selection at all? I don't think so, because I don't think he's that type of manager. But I think he was always going to make changes. I don't think he's, he's going to make anywhere near as many as... Um, obviously not the Shrewsbury game, but his previous rounds, I think it'll be several changes rather than wholesale. Just in terms of getting you know players back to winning habits before Bournemouth, which he'll want to win ahead of City and Everton away, ahead of the Champions League, do you think he'll leave a lot more of the first team in now than he perhaps would have done that? To be honest, I agree with Joe. I don't think he'll really care about the Watford result in terms of team selection going forward. I think probably on Friday he could have told you at least 10 of the players that were going to play on Tuesday night. So I don't think it will make any difference, to be honest. I I think from a fan's perspective, it's easy to, to sort of go, oh, well, this is now much more important. But I think Jurgen Klopp is far more level-headed and, and sort of... You would hope. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, certainly <laughs> you would hope. Um, but yeah, no, I think Liverpool will will go fairly strong. I think there'll be a couple of changes, but I wouldn't be surprised if Fabinho's in there, people like that, to, to give them a bit more rhythm and, and more minutes. And probably one of the front three as well, which might be a, a surprise to, to some people. But I think... Liverpool will take it seriously enough that, that they can go fairly strong. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I think probably now is a good time to come on to team selection and I'll start with you and the goalie. Mm, it's Adrian, isn't it? We know that. It is. Yeah. This is yours though, isn't it? So you still picking Adrian? Yeah. I've been think- oh, so am I. Yeah. Just I am, I am going to yeah, pick Adrian. Yeah, yeah, I think he deserves, yeah. to, deserves yeah. something else. The back four. Mm. We'll start with left back. Millie Vanilli is playing there. That's such an 80s reference that no one's going to understand. That's James, James Milner. Milner. <laughs> I would play, I would stick with Robertson, um, but I think I think Milner will play, but I would stick with Robertson. Okay. No, I think you've got to give Robertson a rest at some point, and I think Jurgen Klopp will be happier to do it in the FA Cup than, than at the weekend, so James Milner. Yeah, I would agree with Milner. I think it makes sense, um, particularly with Robertson having played just about every minute of every game. Um, and for Scotland as well, don't forget. Mm. Um, who had the Nations League qualifiers extra They've that he got played. Some big in. playoffs to come mm. the end of yeah, this month as well. Et cetera, et cetera. So, well, that's left back sorted. Mm. Right back. <laughs> right back. Uh, Nico Williams. Again, if it's me, I'd, I'd be picking Trent. But No, definitely Nico Williams. I think just for the fact that he's been one of the stars of Liverpool's FA Cup run today, I think. Look, you've, you've got to give him that chance. Yeah, I totally agree. He thought he was excellent against Shrewsbury. It's first team football level and yeah, he deserves another go. Um, centre-back pairings. Gomez and Matip. I'm going Lovren and Matip. I would be going Van Dijk and Matip. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, Dejan. No, but I think Gomez will play. Joey Go is playing. And I think Matip, not saying Lovren's played himself out of the team, but I think Matip deserves a chance even though I've said he was rubbish against West Ham when he was on for two minutes do you, do you not think Matip and Gomez are too similar no I don't okay <laughs> <laughs> I would I would just play Van Dijk 
just to stay strong across the back four and then I would, I would change one centre half um, because they all need minutes and I, th- I think Lovren's confidence despite when he listens to this hopefully it picks him up a bit but we'll be on the floor after after Saturday so I think he'd play Matt well, yeah. I'd play Matt I do actually agree that I would play Van Dijk as well you know I think that having his name on the team sheet the likes of Tammy mm. Abraham and that will be thinking oh for, good, like, for God's sake so it will just it's that added extra about him even stepping onto the pitch um, and I think again whoever's next to him whoever that might be and I'll probably would pick Matip will give them so much more confidence than playing with one of the others I certainly think if you're going to change both fullbacks then changing both centre-halves makes your life a lot more yeah. difficult no, that's why I've got Gomez in there but that would be Changing new things. Uh, yeah, but okay, but, you, know, played, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. No, I mean, no, but maybe my Van Dyke should mean stays. I mean, I'd sooner yeah. Van Dyke played with Matic probably. Yeah. But this then, is your, but we're picking your team though. I know, and it's a difficult. Also, Tammy Abraham's out, isn't he? So, oh, is he? Yeah, this is, I think it's going to be Giroud up front, which is yeah. now having just thought about that. I might have to have Van Dyke, Van Dyke in even yeah. because he's just going to stand on people. You know what he's like, mm. and he always scores against Liverpool. So, mm. um, Van Dyke I'll go Matic Van Dyke and Matic then. Yeah. Have we all convinced you? Or are you still? No, I'm still going for Lovren. I just think. I, as I said before, I think the reason that he played over the weekend was with one eye on this game, and I think it possibly could do his confidence even worse to take him out at this stage. I think just throw him straight back in, say, put this right, and, and hopefully he can do that. Fair enough. Well, unfortunately for you, majority rules. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, in the midfield, Ian, three? three? It'll be three, yeah. Who? Ooh. Um, hmm. Well, Curtis Jones will be one of them. Adam Milan will be another one. Then it's picking the third one. Probably have to say Fabulousinho. I think he's got to play just to get the minutes back in. And to be fair, that's quite a strong midfield. I'd be happy with that. I can't see. I think Chiravera will be on the bench. Can't really see him starting at Chelsea. If it had yeah. been at home, I thought he might have done. But it's, it's in some ways it was the worst possible draw Liverpool could have got. Like a tough team away from home who aren't gonna. They will make changes, but the no, reality is you could probably because they've got so many players out Chelsea. You could probably guess their team. You know, because you know they're going to play William and they'll play Pedro and they'll play Giroud. You know, that's not a bad front three. And mm. uh, midfield, Georgina will play because he's suspended for the other games. Mm. Barkley will probably play, and then Loftus Cheek's been on the bench. He could be playing. So suddenly, it's like it's actually quite a strong team because they've got quite a lot of players. Because of the way the season's gone for them, they've all had chances, so they won't be as cold as perhaps some of the other Liverpool players. So the Liverpool have to go strong in midfield. That's why I say those three. My midfield would be Fabinho, Lallana, and Milner. Experience. I'm with Ian. I think Jones will play, and I think Fabinho has to play for for rhythm. And then the other one is uh, has just disappeared from my head. Lallana. Well, yeah. Lallana. yeah, I think That's it's Lallana. Yeah. Lallana Fabinho Lallana's is definitely a play. Yeah. No chance of Curtis Jones being up in the front three. No, because you'll see why in a minute. Yeah, fine. Well, I'm willing to agree with okay, him in midfield. Yeah. To be fair, I was just thought I'd ask the question, so yeah. I'm agreeing with both of your midfields. Mm-hmm. Front three. Now, what I would do, I put Origi down the middle, I put Minamino on the right, and I put Manny on the left. I love Origi down the middle. Origi has to play down the middle. Origi, when he's been coming on the wing lately, has not been very good. However, he's a lot better centrally. Yeah. When he was a threat in any of the games is when he came into a central position. I think one of the front three will play. Firmino needs a rest. Salah deserves to not be kicked around for a while. So mm. it'll be nice for him. To, I mean, I think they'll, they'll be on the bench, to be honest, those two. I think the bench will be quite interesting because it won't be full of kids. It'll be full of decent plays. Even the uh, the Everton game when they made a lot of changes, it was Henderson and Manning on the bench, wasn't it? So Just that, players and, come on and, and Shrewsbury away. Then. It was Salah and Firmino both yeah. came on. So and nearly they'll, scored. <laughs> yes, they'll be, they'll be around. But I'd go Manning on the left. I think he had his little rest, didn't he, with his little injury. Arigi definitely needs the game and Minamino definitely deserves the game as well he's, he's bided his time and I think 
not playing him in the false nine, I think, might be a bit too clever. I think sticking him on the wing and just saying to him, just play. I normally play like Klopp's play between been, the Klopp, lines. Get down he's, the side. He's been yeah. Klopp's been trying to say that to him. Just we bought you for a reason. Just play an actual game. And I didn't say this out loud, but he's, we can work on everything else over the next couple of months. Just get out there. Yeah. And so that's what I want to do. Well, I'm going to carry on being a pain, and I, I would pick Salah, Firmino, <laughs> and um, and Curtis Jones on the left. It's a very, very, strong very, very awkward team. Yeah, you basically I mean, picked the complete opposite. Yeah, well, yeah. only because I, I do think that Watford David defeat, goal, yeah. yeah, that Watford defeat opens things up a little bit, and I, I think it's a, it's a tough it's a tough FA Cup tie, and, and if you want to stay in the competition, you're going to have to go a little bit stronger, and I think making wholesale changes like you've done will just upset the rhythm, well, and, and Chelsea have got very experienced. I've got at least three players. Changed, We've got changed two of the front three, no three of the front three. I've changed. I've got somebody up front, somebody in midfield, and somebody in defence mm-hmm. staying in the team. It's only one of each. So I, I I find that if you make that many changes, Chelsea are gonna have a very experienced team out and, and, and they're at home. I don't know. I just think I think they should go a bit stronger because if you want to get through and um I love the FA Cup, I really want to see, <laughs> see yeah. you've said many the FA times. Cup. You know, yeah. I, but in all seriousness, How did you feel I, I, watching the League Cup final yesterday? Um, people t- I know you must have watched do, it because it's your favourite domestic I do love the League Cup. Did you watch it? Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but in all seriousness, I, I think Liverpool have got a chance here to, to win, to, to make make this a real historic season. And, and forget about invincibility. I, I do think you want to win trophies. And even if they can't win the Champions League, wouldn't it be nice to the double? Yeah, you know, yeah domestic double, yeah, would be lovely. I, it, it would be great. So the Premier League alone, it, almost, it does feel almost, that, that's almost wrapped up now. So... Why not? It it's not, but they're going to win four four games for the end of the season. Um, and as I say, whether that's on the final day, who cares? You know, just I would like to try and win more trophies. So. Yeah, no, I, I think with the uh, the league pretty much being done, I think if Liverpool do go out of the Champions League and then they were to go out of the FA Cup, it would almost be, you know, anticlimactic is probably the wrong word given limping what's, what's towards the line. It would sort of phrase. yeah, it would sort of feel like the season had, had finished a couple of months before. In a I'm sense. not having this is a different podcast. I'm not having that at all. No, no, it's not. not it's not, not a go at you. Not, not in it's the not sense you because because I know lots of people. We've spoken about this as well. It's a bit of an anticlimax, but the more I've thought about it, <laughs> like well, a massive a massive victory lap all the way around. It would, but I would, around the country, you've got to want Liverpool to win more trophies. You want to win oh, every yeah, competition yeah. you're in. So. You, want, you want as many competitive games yeah. between yeah. now and the end yeah. of the season as possible. Yeah. So who's your front three? Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> having said that, my front three, I think Takumi Minamino will play as a number nine. I think Origi on the left and Mo Salah on the he's right. He's proper oh. Sean Bradbury, isn't he? I've noticed that he's been breathing from this sheet. No scripts, no scripts, no phones. We're just, we're just enjoying the moment, aren't we? Well, we're so, making it up as we're going along. Yeah, that's it. Do yeah. you know what, Joe? You convinced me. I am going to pick a different front three, but I'm going to play Origi down the middle, but I'm going to play Mane and Salah on the left and right. Really? Because I think that's a really strong... Front three, and I think Firmino does need a rest. Mm. But we shall see, and we should hope for a strong team. Um, before we go, I'll ask you all for a prediction. My Liverpool team will joyously celebrate a 2 1 defeat. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're picking a team to get beat. <laughs> It's <laughs> the most doily thing ever. <laughs> Doyle virus has totally taken over. <laughs> um, I my, think no matter what team they put out, I think they'll lose. Sorry. My hugely strong Liverpool team is going to win 2-1. 
I think it's going to be one each. It's going to go to extra time and penalties because that is what happens at this stage of the FA Cup. And I think Liverpool will win on penalties. Adrian the hero. Are you reading that? Oh, God, <laughs> you need to be reading that. What you think? I'm not reading that. You're just being professional. My huge strong Liverpool team is going to win 2 0. I don't think I keep clean sheet if Van Dyke plays. Um, I think uh, a bit of points we've also conceded a few goals in the last couple of games. So I'm excited to watch that happen, Ian Doyle. I did say they draw with Watford, and you know, I think everybody else said they'd win. I, I, you, you, it's such it's the FA Cup. Anything can happen. You're like the reverse Mark Lawrence, and though he's the can't, reverse yeah, Conor Dunn. <laughs> the reverse Conor Dunn. If you yeah. if you did Doyle's like predictions right throughout the season, you'd have Liverpool getting about four points. <laughs> no, it's just that that's not true. Well, at least haven't come out with like an 8 nil. No, no, so you, you yeah. certainly don't go that way. I did say they beat Tottenham in the Champions League final, to be fair. Congratulations. By two goals to you as well. More because you ain't Tottenham than you like Liverpool. <laughs> well, there is that. <laughs> and on that bombshell, <laughs> goodbye. You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.